happened in Jacksonville, Governor. No, it's not. Right. Hey, you that. Shut up. Right. Oh, you got him down, boy. You got him. He, that little boy is living in my head, that little go-go boot boy. That's why I want him gone, because I'm, I can't. These evil demons of the Republicans, they're such caricatures of, like, they're like, they're like from the movie Get Out. They just live in your head, these demonic, evil anti-heroes. Matt Gates. I mean, choose one. How about Jim Jordan? They're all lying pigs. Uh, the Jim Comer guy who wants to impeach Biden, he's uh, uh, in his personal life, his girlfriend testified on oh, under oath that he forced her to have an abortion and beat her. And he's a, a Jesus-loving Republican. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it seems as if they're trying to gaslight us all because... Always gaslighting Trump. You know what? I've never done one wrong thing. Everything I do is perfect, even Ivanka. <laughs> you got that right. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Laura Ron. The UAW strike against Detroit automakers is in its third day with no resolution. Strikers are demanding double-digit wage increases, similar to what union workers in other industries have secured. NPR's Andrea Shu reports. The United Auto Workers Union originally called for raises of 40% over four years. The big three automakers have gradually raised their offers to about half that, around 20%. In addition, they've shortened the time it takes for workers to reach the top wage. The car companies say what they've put on the table is historically generous, and they note that profits are needed to fund investments, including in the very expensive transition to electric cars. Now, unionized pilots and part-time UPS drivers have recently negotiated wage increases topping 40%, but the big three car makers have non-union competition, so auto workers may not be as successful. Andrea Shu, NPR News. Atlantic Storm Lee is moving across the Canadian Maritimes today after bringing torrential rains and near-hurricane-strength winds to New England. One weather-related death was reported. California is suing five of the world's largest oil companies. The state alleges the companies downplayed the risks of fossil fuels and caused billions of dollars in damage. From member station KQED, Dana Cronin reports. California Governor Gavin Newsom and Attorney General Rob Bonta filed the lawsuit in Superior Court in San Francisco. They're targeting ExxonMobil, Shell, BP, ConocoPhillips, and Chevron. The American Petroleum Institute is also listed as a defendant. The state wants the companies to contribute to a fund that would pay for future damages caused by climate-related disasters. The civil case follows a wave of city and state lawsuits from around the country targeting oil, gas, and coal companies for their contributions to climate change. For NPR News, I'm Dana Cronin in San Francisco. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un is heading home after a week-long visit to Russia. NPR's Anthony Kuhn reports from Seoul. State media reports that Kim inspected Russian fighters and bombers at an airfield and boarded a Navy frigate at Russia's Pacific Fleet headquarters in Vladivostok. Kim was accompanied by Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu, who told Russian media that Pyongyang and Moscow are discussing possible joint military exercises. In a written interview with the Associated Press, South Korean President Yoon Song-yeol called such cooperation illegal and unjust. Yoon plans to raise the issue with world leaders at the UN General Assembly in New York. York this week. He repeated that the U.S. and South Korea have reaffirmed that any attempt by North Korea to use its nuclear weapons would result in the end of the regime in Pyongyang. Anthony Kuhn, NPR News, Seoul. You're listening to NPR News from Washington. President Biden goes to the U.N. today. He's to address the General Assembly Tuesday. White House officials say he'll use the visit to advance U.S. interests in a number of areas including climate change and strengthening global support for Ukraine in the Russian invasion. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is also expected to speak to the U.N. General Assembly. He'll then go to Washington later this week for meetings with the president and members of Congress. Just a few decades ago, eastern Pacific green sea turtles were on the path to extinction. But following conservation efforts, their populations are booming in an unexpected spot near Los Angeles. In the concrete covered is San Gabriel River. 
Jacob Mongolist of LAS News has more. Over the past five years, the eastern Pacific green sea turtle population here has exploded, according to Jeffrey Seminoff with the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. 20 years ago, to talk about turtles up in Orange County was unheard of. Now it's pretty much a common sight, whether it's in Seal Beach National Wildlife Refuge or in San Gabriel River. Why the San Gabriel River? Well, scientists are still figuring that out. But the river has a lot of algae to eat, the concrete walls may help keep the water warm, and they're protected from boat strikes and fishermen. For NPR News, I'm Jacob Margolis in Los Angeles. A Dutch museum has its Van Gogh back. The picture of a church garden in the spring, painted in 1884, had been stolen during the pandemic, and a suspect had been arrested, but the painting was not recovered. It's now been returned anonymously in a bag from Ikea. I'm Nora Rahm, NPR News in Washington. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Seed. Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic is a probiotic and prebiotic formulated with strains to support gut, skin, and heart health at seed.com slash public. You're listening to WMNF Tampa, music and news. I'm your host, Ken Apperson. It's a deep dive show. We dig into the message behind the music through song and interview. We have your new favorite bands from right in your own backyard. Listen to Live Music Showcase every Friday at 2 p.m. after the news headlines. Ever wish that you could time travel? Well, with WMNF, you can. To listen back to your favorite shows, just go to WMNF.org or the WMNF app. Click on the broadcast schedule under programming and boom, time travel. Go to any show to hear the latest and greatest at any time. It's like DVR, but for your radio, where music, news, and culture collide. WMNF.org and the WMNF app. Hey, what's going down, family? It's your resident chef, Big Eddie G, inviting you to the Soul Kitchen. Me and my assistant chef, Mr. White Pepper Dave and Brian, serve up the best of R&B and soul music with a pinch of hip-hop and jazz and a dash of fun. So stop by Friday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Bring your appetite, because the kitchen will show enough fill you up right. Here, only on 88.5 WMNF. Jazz is alive at WMNF. Tune in Sunday evenings at 8 for Colors of Jazz at our new time, featuring new releases from new artists, old favorites, international jazz from Europe, Asia, and Canada, covering everything from big band swing to bop to fusion. We play it all, plus specials celebrating the music of giants like Ellington, Miles Davis, Pat Metheny, Quincy Jones, Chick Corea, even Frank Zappa. We play the music you'll hear no place else on the radio. Check out our interviews with local jazz musicians. Jazz is what America sounds like, and it's yours to listen to come Sunday evening. If you can't catch us live, play it back from the archives. You are tuned to the Sunday Forum right now here on WMNF Radio 88.5 FM. Just want to take your telephone calls. My name is Patrick Mobili sitting in for Walter L. Smith II. And uh, this is September the 17th. And this is a Sunday morning. And we're talking about education policy earlier. We had Kimberly Brown Blunt on and reminding us of a FAMU NAA education forum that's going to be happening on um, this month. And uh, we're gonna remind you of what that info, what where that's going to be, who's going to be there. It's the legislation, the legislative education forum coming Monday, September twenty fifth, here uh, at from six to eight p.m. Monday, September twenty fifth, and it's going to be at the Sunshine Health Community Center, two hundred West Waters Avenue, and uh, you get a chance to meet. Shake Washington, Henry Shake Washington, who's the vice chair of Hillsborough County Public School Board, and County Commission County Commissioner Gwen Myers, 
State Senator Darrell Rousson and Representative Fentress D. Driscoll, leader of the Florida House Democratic Caucus. These are people that we really need to talk to, empowering communities through education, justice, and civic engagement. And uh, we're continuing on those lines for the rest of the hour here on the Sunday Forum, how education, how the school board has been uh, has been targeted by neoconservatives for further indoctrination of children of this state. And that's a fusion issue of all, for all Republicans across the country. And uh, just one of them. And we're going to continue to talk about that here on the Sunday Forum. You can write me, DJ at WMNF.org. You can also call me, 813-239-9663. A couple of emailers have already written with some uh, provocative text. Not so provocative, but uh, very nicely worded. Um, and some pretty good questions for us to ponder, such as... How can we use AI to improve outcomes for both teachers and their students from day one? Onboarding to outgoing or ongoing training and positive feedback loops and neither allow Republicans to weaponize it for totalitarian neo-fascist political cultural media manipulation and voter misdirection. Yeah, I think you got it. You got it down. You got the agenda down. Emailer 813-239-9663 We're going to go back to the telephone lines Here on the Sunday Forum To hear what you have to add to the conversation Go ahead caller You're on the Sunday Forum Caller can you hear me You're on the Sunday Forum uh, Okay uh, uh, John Streeter here not Hey directly, John Not directly addressing the event coming up uh, But related to education Mm-hmm. Uh, the issue of black history yes. has been uh, definitely <laughs> in the news for months and months. Uh, mm-hmm. The uh, historically uh, oldest organization in terms of promoting black history in the country is the Association for the Study of African American Life and History. And they're holding their uh, 108th annual conference, not just in D.C. or Detroit or Chicago, but in Jacksonville this coming week. Uh, mm-hmm. People can uh, learn about it at their website, www.asalh.org. Uh, this is the organization founded by Carter Woodson back in 1915. They've been holding annual conferences ever since then, so this is the 108th. Uh, they've got, I think, over 800 people registered for the conference. There's going to be a lot of uh, historians, teachers, students, and all in mm-hmm. Jacksonville. Uh, it'd be good for people to check it out. Uh, some possibility of attendance for people close by, but also some virtual attendance through if they check through the website. Okay. So I just wanted to get the word out there because this is uh, definitely an opportunity to uh, have some real discussion of black history and the world we live in. Yeah. And John Streeter, you don't think this is sustainable for them to just continue to to lie and, and miseducate students in this state? Well, at, uh, no, I, I there's too many people uh, that uh, are going to keep raising the raising the issue. I mean, you people people beyond the school system uh, responding, setting up extra uh, Black History courses in churches and so on. Now that's not a full answer, but it shows you that there's a broad uh, broad support for. Uh, continuing, you know, I I taught some black history at Robinson High School back in the early 90s. I was a math teacher, but with a Ph.D. in black history, mm. uh, the students said, yeah, sure, Streeter could teach the course we want. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and there was no 
complaint from from white students. Uh, white students took it too. Uh, one, of, one of one of the white students I had told me after high school later just oh that was so good to, for me to get involved in that. Right. Uh, you know I, I think there's a much broader support uh, for it, and it's gonna we're gonna have to keep pushing to get people to speak up. Right. Well, the, the, the Jacksonville Forum should go a long way in helping to do that, especially if people can do some virtual attendance. Yeah, yeah. And it'll be interesting because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of press coverage there. Uh, you know, I was on a, on a Zoom call last night, and they had uh, tried, They had set aside 1,200 rooms at a hotel where the conference is, is being held at Jacksonville. And they've already filled out 1,500 and overflowing into other other hotels. Uh, wow. You know, there's uh, some people not weren't going to come to Florida, but there's been such an interest. Uh, the debate discussion in the academic forums that will be there, the larger meetings, the tours getting out in the community, uh, I think it's going to have an impact. I sure hope it has an impact. But yeah. if people can jump on that website and learn a little bit more about it, uh, if somebody can help, because uh, it's a big cost putting on a thing, there's an opportunity through the website to do that. But if they, somebody feels like they can help financially, that would be great, too. Yeah, tell us the website one more time, John. Okay, www.asalh. Dot O-R-G. Okay. A-S-A-L-H dot O-R-G. That's it. That is it. Okay. Thank you, John. Thank you for your call. Uh, okay. Okay. Thank you. Have a great, great continued through the morning. Thank you. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. 813-239-9663 is the number to call if you want to join the discussion. Or you can write me, DJ, at WMNF.org. Uh, some emailers have been writing. Uh, Leslie Brown wrote. Uh, <clears throat> Leslie, I'm not sure what this is referring to. Uh this is why we will never be. Okay, name calling. I'm not sure, Les. Maybe you should call me and talk to me. 813-239-9663 is the number to call. And uh, what we're seeing here in the state of Florida is a lot of attacks on education, uh, a lot of attacks on living standards, uh, a lot of attacks culturally in this state. And to what ends? You know, to what end do, do they think, do the right wing think it will get out of it? Uh, and I guess that was what was in my head just now. I had John on the phone. I wanted to know what he thought the outcome of this kind of political behavior in this state could lead to except nothing but uh, more contentiousness, more violence, and uh, less uh, competitiveness if you know the education is, is not teaching truth and uh how do we how do we recognize such school board candidates uh you know we know that the governor has used florida schools to become a cultural warrior i don't know uh what he what does he actually stand for i mean you know we've seen so many threats against people's liberty freedoms because of politics, you know, somebody's right-wing politics is being violated, so they pass a law. I don't know if you're, like I asked earlier, are you willing to put teachers in jail? Are you willing to, on the abortion issue, put women and doctors in jail, in prison? You know, and is this the future? Is this the state that, this is the state that's going to start leading the nation in terms of summary jailings? imprisonment for your political reasons and you know so we know that this governor has attacked has gone to the school boards to start this process of 
of solidifying the Civil War in terms of, you know, partisanship. The school boards were never partisan, believe it or not. I guess if you didn't know that before this year, you probably have always thought it was partisan. You didn't have a Republican or a Democrat title in front of your candidate name when you were running for the school board. But the governor has changed all that because they have an agenda of indoctrination. And the party has been pushing a certain homophobic, heterosexual, uh, patriarchy line, authoritarian line that, you know, they want the next generation and the generation after that to maintain. So I suppose the schools was the way to do it. And, of course, there have been a longstanding uh, attempt to get rid of a lot of government agencies from the federal level on down. And the Department of Education is one of them. And I suppose in the state, a red state, if it doesn't have the ability to get rid of a education department, you could slowly chip away at it. You could privatize it and turn people against it and and make it become a laughing stock by teaching uh, idiotic, uh, teaching idiocy and not truth, not real history as it happened. And you want to promote a line that is not actually true because you don't want kids to feel bad and uh, I just think that the whole policy in the state of Florida has just been one big gaslighting attempt but in the process people the, the hatred is growing the violence is growing and these right wingers are flooding to the state to join the movement and we're seeing some terrible characters show up and we're seeing a governor that is continuing to gaslight the I believe the young lady that was uh pushing firing uh superintendent in Sarasota schools at on the school board. She got on the school board and this uh I think the Moms for Liberty lady is now being promoted by the governor to ethics Commission to the Ethics Commission. I mean, to me, that's just laughable. But what do you have to say? 813 239 9663 is the number to call. And we will be watching very closely in the coming elections, you know, what kind of candidates are showing up. We're going to check the candidates' websites, their Facebook pages, their mailers, and all of that. We're going to look for key phrases like, you know, these key phrases that are used by these conservatives candidates, like look for phrases about parental rights and protecting students and changing the status quo. Certain words are giveaways, including indoctrination and woke and CRT. Conservative candidates often frame themselves as outsiders trying to improve a broken system. Some explicitly frame themselves as a counterweight to the teachers union. And so we've got to be watching all of that, watching out for all of that kind of rhetoric as the elections come around. Right now, I want to hear from you, 813-239-9663. This is the Sunday Forum. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum. Okay, my belay. Good morning. What's up, man? How much? They used to refer, uh, put a W in front of that. You would spell wrong. <laughs> That's what they telling you. You're wrong all the time. When you go and ask for your rights. That's just your privileges and benefits. They always got a sad story for you. It's not that you have a sad story. They have it for you. So in turn, you internalize these sad stories, and that's your story. So every time we get to tell our sad story about how you sit on our neck and kill us, rent, rent us, hang us, uh, distract us, or you talk about UFOs so you don't want to steal all the money from us again. And it's a constant repetitive cycle, man. Mm-hmm. And, and the teachers, I was just thinking when you were saying, I'll make it brief so, you know, you're a good guy like listening to what you're saying, too. This, uh, but I'd be thinking all the time. When we was going to school, it probably was during your era. I came out in 70, so they they tried to hold me back in school for whatever reason. They might have had good reasons. I mean, I wasn't a perfect person, but I didn't know no better. That's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. We're unlearned. Unlearned. And so I saw that. I got to be a senior and a lady. I kept all the papers for this lady in school. Miss Strickland is a class called Problems in American Democracy. Yes. 
Yeah, you remember that one? Yeah, I remember they tried to keep that from me. <laughs> the problems of American democracy. You, you, you didn't need that. <laughs> what they were going to teach you was the same science of uh, we discovered the planet, we discovered these properties, we took it, we built this, built that, and that's all it is. And then the democracy behind it, but they never talked about the slaves built it or that they used people mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. what kind of system it was, none of that. And then at the end, two stories. There's one of the smartest guys I knew in my neighborhood. He was a bookworm. We call him a bookworm. He was in the class. So they had already been talking about that. They going to fail, y'all. Y'all going to fail, y'all. So I kept all, all my papers. And when it came time, she failed all of us, and we needed that class to graduate. Mm-hmm. So my, my mama came out there behind, with my, painting me behind my ear. I was the first one, oldest one in my family. And she had me in front of everybody, ringing my ear. I said, Mama, this ain't true, Mama. I kept on. No, before that, I told Dean, Dean Johnson's past now, but he was good. Dean Johnson was like, he, he had a church and everything. Dean Johnson stood up for a lot of people, but he, he put a lot of them away because that's what he was, you know, charged to do with. And he didn't know no better. They didn't know better either. That's why Jesus said, forgive them, they'll know what they're doing. You think you're doing all these situations, but they had it so tweaked, you don't know if you're right or wrong. Right. So. He, he looked at the papers. I said, Dean, I kept all my papers, man. I started checking everything. I said, you see this lady just on even uh, the, the question when they uh, multiple choice, we didn't have. She asked you questions. So you give your opinion. I said, these are all my opinions. And she gave me F on my opinion, man. Or D's. And then when it got to the grade, I just get an F. And I had all my papers. And I didn't even know I was failing. And uh, he looked at it. He went to her. She changed my grade. And I don't know what happened to the other people. But I was like, uh-uh, I'm not going to let you do this. Right, because you stood I up for yourself. My, yeah. yeah, I protected myself. And then saying that to say this, that I came through that. Now, after that period, it was kind of cool with me later to get rid of you, you know, with the pen, the pen might have been sword. And then they turned it to that rolling you out criminally. Mm-hmm. Criminally, it brought that in into the school system. And now look where it has transpired to even 10, 15 years later. But it was they was been implementing stuff all along in the schools to just start the African American see, and they think nobody don't know it or ain't gonna talk about it. That school, Hillsborough High School, was an integrated school, and a lot of people didn't make it because they ran lipsticks and stuff on you. Right. The same, mm-hmm. same was with HTC. I just wanted to say that HTC was way worse. You know, they'll just say some little simple stuff. Oh, you had enrolled in time, or just use a tweet. And when I came out of there, they said, "Oh, you missed the SAT by one point." I was like, oh, one point. Minus a plus is the error margin. I know this. You taught it to me. So which side are we on? <laughs> did I plus it or minus it? If I did, at the error, so I still uh, passed, okay? Yeah, yeah. And they had me locked into that. So I said, man, I got enough help to jump to the university. I jumped to the university. They tried, but I was way boy. I ate them over there. I loved it. <laughs> but the thing is, and I don't think a lot of people related, that was all earlier. You can invite these people. These people come to our parties and stuff, and they rub elbows with you. And I had a friend like that, Meadows, out in uh, Carrollwood. Meadows in Bill House. I was working as a partner where they used to hang out with me, and we do little stuff, whatever. He had a family. I had a family. So one day I cracked on him. I said, hey, Meadows, man, why don't you get a job over here with y'all building houses? I said, let's show the houses for your real estate, which is the easiest stuff for market. And the plus I would have some respectable jobs, better money. Oh, man, that dude stopped talking about entertaining me. Like, oh, I can do, I'm, not, I'm not helping you. And you got people like that. I'm not saying that's all Caucasian people, but that's how they are. Like, I got to keep my foot on your neck, bro. <laughs> and now you got African-American men thinking that I got to keep a foot on your neck, bro. Then you got our women thinking that I got to keep a foot on because you ain't up to snuff. You ain't made the cut. We never made the cut. Get it in your head. No matter what we do. No matter what our label. No matter what our title. It's just a facade, man. Because not that many of us, and we're not included. You put one, one, 13%, and you 99% of you, and you're only going to use one like that. Mm-hmm. Think about the mathematics. So, and then put you in jail, 99% of you, because we don't want to follow the religious ethics and keep letting you or use us for father, breaking families down and separate us and, and tear us apart. And that, that's what the result is what we got now, hatefully. Yeah, because you got people shacking. They said, well, we're shacked. I ain't got a man we're shacked. And so they don't like you shacking. I tell you right now, whoever you are, they don't like that either. You think you're cool. We making it. We doing it. Yep. Just give us up a little while. You'll find out. They bring the hammer on everybody, man, because it's economics. It's 
capitalism. We just out of here. I understand that. I don't accept that, but that's, you know, the case. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. they don't care. They'll play with you like, hey, Mr. Griffin, you're respectable. You're in my courtroom. I'm going to do this. And then you're sitting there and trying to cut your head off like a snake or something. You dated snakes sitting up there and dog murdered, killed, maligned, and then don't understand that in another years they've been exposed and you can't still do the right thing? Come on, man. Right. Come on with that. Nobody, they don't deserve respect when you can't do the right thing. I'm sorry. That's no, <laughs> that's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. It's not acceptable for me to do any little thing. How is it something for you to just break all the laws, rules, regulations, and you can get back? It don't make no sense. Don't make dollars. It makes dollars, but it don't make no sense. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you, Ryan. I think you said... Uh, you brought up a lot of points that shows the contradictions. You know, you could be at the wishes and whim, like you were saying earlier, the wish and whim of a of a teacher that's just going to hold you back no matter what. You know, that goes a long way in keeping a community back. And, you know, you can't compete. You're held back all your life. So thank you, Ron. Thank you for calling. Thank you for the time. I'll be late. It's a good show. Thank you. 813-239-9663. Go ahead, Carla. You're on the Sunday Forum. Uh, good morning, brother. Peace and blessings to you. Thank you. Same to you. Okay. So this is what I was thinking. I thank you as uh, Brother John uh, do. Uh, he thinks this persistent, persistent lies can last forever. I most certainly do think they can. I mean... Mm-hmm. It takes on a different tone with different generations. Yeah. So if you just look from the George Wallace period and all of his supporters and all the attack on those that was making requests for voting rights or the end of ongoing discrimination and segregation and um, fairness in housing, we are dealing with those same issues now. It is just mass different and has a new drum major. And so if this um, crowd that is, you know, throughout the United States is not just Florida, it's, it's because we see it. We live here in Florida. But as those brothers and sisters in Mississippi, how it plays out there when they had to drink dirty water. Are those brothers that's on the uh, state house there in Tennessee just trying to raise the issue of democracy? Yeah. And what happens, in my opinion, is the fact that black people we don't own nothing, so we don't we can't control the airways and give out the messages that we need to give out to our people. A lot of our people have jobs, or some have come so uh, entangled with materialism that they rather live, they look uh, grossly, heavily w- reward right here on earth. And so they're not going to fight for the masses. But how about if we economically stop doing business, economically stop doing business with people, industries, individuals that we know is not our allies. If nothing more, we can control our nickel, dimes, and quarters. We can control that. Don't nobody have to tell us when to do it or how to do it. We could control that. On top of that, we can uh, participate in this thing that they call voting. I think about Andrew Gillum, how he lost uh, by less than 35,000 votes. Right. Had the people participated, then we wouldn't have to deal with this monster that we see right now. So it is things that we got to do, but we got to call the people to arms. We got to call the people to take on their rightful assignment. That ain't hard. These ain't no heavy lips. This ain't going to put you in danger. Stop spending money with them and get ourselves prepared to uh, participate in the political process, which is less than 15 months from now. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Connie, for your call. 813-239-9663 is the number to call. Uh, yeah, we can stop empowering them economically, financially by, you know, not falling, you know, for their rhetoric a lot of the times, falling for their lies 
if we could boycott their lives, any advertiser that goes along with Moms for Liberty or the Proud Boys, you know, needs to be called out, you know, so that people will know where they're shopping and where their money is being used for. Uh, so, yeah, that's something to always say about, you know, holding back the dollars, you know, because that's the one thing they don't like. You know, we have, you know, some callers, there's one emailer that's writing saying that there's nothing serious in this conversation today. There's nothing but race baiting and bitching going on. They're out. Uh, saying that we're just calling them names, uh, reiterating our hate for them. And, uh, you know, whoever you are, I don't know if you're male or female, Leslie, but, you know, that's not the case, you know, and you can't just shut down truth by getting mad, you know. We can all be mad, you know. I'm upset at the rhetoric that I hear, you know, but that doesn't mean I'm going to, you know, just get mad. And, you know, we have to put the analysis out there as well. We have to look at the world with clear eyes, not put any blinders on it like, People are trying to do in our education system so that generations from now, people will walk around here ignorant to the truth. And that's not me. I'm not going for that. That's not why the way I use the airwaves. I call it like I see it. We're going to stay woke. We're not going to be cowed by the fact that you feel bad because you think people are just calling you names. No, face facts, face history, face the truth, the reality of what, where we're living. I have to, uh, we, there's another emailer who has written what looks like a poem, uh, but uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I like some of what I'm seeing. Be aware, be awake, very awoke to very woke and or else wake up to the damage that can be done. And during the Cultural Revolution for several years, almost an entire generation of students and teachers stopped teaching end our learning and simply reached out and counter-reacted and co-reacted to each other in political forces. Here some of those who work forces are the same who burn crosses. Yeah, you know, history, if it doesn't repeat itself, oftentimes it rhymes. And we're seeing people who have clearly tried to bring back some iterations of the fascist Nazi pass and because they've embraced it and they love it and they want to gaslight the rest of us with it just to say that they can do it. You know, I don't know what they get out of it. Uh, it doesn't get us anywhere. What does get us anywhere is solidarity like those workers are doing in America right now, the UAW workers and what unions in many different fields need to do. And that is stand together to make us to make a case as a as a class, you know, so that that brings power that helps bring the powers that be to the table, because at the end of the day, while uh, CEO at Stellantis or Ford automaker makes 20 million dollars a year, they're going to balk at the worker trying to get a little bit more so that they can take care of themselves and their families reproduce themselves well enough to come back to work every day and build those cars that are going to be safer. And we know that the second shoe is waiting to drop when it comes to the auto workers because, you know, I love the idea of the electric vehicle, but it takes fewer workers to make a vehicle, an electric vehicle. There's fewer parts. And then, you know, in, a, in an electric vehicle, it's just a battery that has to be assembled. Uh, whereas in the traditional chassis vehicle, the fossil fuel vehicle, there are many, many parts in those engines. And uh, it takes a lot of workers to put it together. So as we move into the EV revolution in this country, uh, that's gonna, it's going to take fewer workers. But we've been there before. Every technological change in the uh, productive revolution uh, has been met with some disdain at the beginning. Uh, but workers are standing up demanding justice, economic justice, understanding this is the future we're headed for. Nobody wants to stop and block progress, technological progress, but at the same time, workers have to be prepared 
for the fact that there's going to be fewer of them and people have to be re-educated again. That's where education comes in hand. And uh, if you're in Florida, you're probably going to be not really uh, competitive in the workforce if the education system continues down the path that it's continued. You're not even going to, let alone know, have any skills, you're not even going to know how to get along with people that don't share the same skin that you share so it uh, even understand other cultures because white supremacy has never felt like it needed to understand other cultures. All it had to do was run roughshod over them. And we need to make sure that this new generation understands that history and not repeat that history. 813-239-9663 is the number to call. This is the Sunday Forum. Got a few more minutes left. I'm going to try to get straight away to the telephone lines as soon as you call in, but you can also write me, dj at wmf.org. There's a lot of news that has been going on here in the state of Florida, but especially on the education front. Uh, we've been hearing a lot about Moms for Liberty. Uh, this uh, founded in January of 2021 in Florida. They well-connected former school board members. The group Moms for Liberty has grown to some 300 chapters across 45 states. So, you know, the right wing, the racist right continues to organize. The organization presents a nonpartisan but less deep ties, uh, rather has deep ties to the Republican part, uh, Republican politicians such as the governor and organizations, Republican organizations such as the Leadership Institute and the Heritage Foundation. And they have deep ties to money donors like... Uh, the Stop the Steal, the Julie Fancelli who helped fund the Stop the Steal rally. Uh, Moms for Liberties has been championing what it calls, quote-unquote, parental rights. Has included attacking mention or any mention of LGBTQ identity and any mention of racism in curriculum. And they've been campaigning to get books with its contents removed from school libraries and fighting transgender accommodations in schools and more. Uh, and it seems as if they're just doing anything they can think of to gaslight anybody that is not white, heterosexual, Christian. The group has had mixed success with its preferred candidates, but it plans to expand candidate assistance in 2024, endorsing in more races and expanding beyond school boards. And I understand when they do have their little meetings, they use the Proud Boys as, as uh, I guess, their protectors. You know, this is the neo-Nazi group, a male chauvinist group. I think they're a bunch of men who think that they that women have made them involuntarily celibate, so they have been politically organized, have been organizing against that, and that's has informed a lot of their anger issues. Uh, but this group is uh, going to continue to keep trying to send people candidates for election until they have a, a complete party uh, takeover. And uh, whether they take over the, the Republican Party or whether they create a, a, a new party of their own uh, is very plausible when you have all of this money that you can go around and collect from big-time donors who want to run this country backwards. Uh, Red Wine in Blue has formed as a counterweight to this group. This is how the progressives are responding to Moms for Liberties. And uh, these progressive, these rallying progressive parents, uh, Red Wine in Blue have been rallying progressive parents and urging more of them to run for the school board. So, you know... The right wing has come from the school board. They insist on partisan, making the school board elections partisan. So the progressives have to get in, get on board and respond to this. Uh, smaller grassroots groups have also emerged against Moms for Liberty, including Defense of Democracy, or a group calling themselves Stop Moms for Liberty and other state and local coalitions have come together. Teachers unions have campaigned against conservative education movements. Uh, the American Federation of Teachers have launched a hotline 
for the public to report book bans and other censorships. Uh, as races have become more political and candidates increasingly have focused on these culture war issues, uh, but school boards do so much more than that. They go beyond politics and covering local districts by asking these questions about urgent issues facing American children. Uh, the questions come from issues identified by educators surveyed by Education Week and AP member news organization covering K-12 through education. So that's the Associated Press who have been trying to study, uh, have been trying to cover these education issues, and they're uncovering these political headwinds that are happening on the conservative and progressive sides when it comes to the education system. 813-239-9663, or you can write me, dj at wnf.org. We have a you know fundraiser that's going to be coming up pretty soon. We're going to be looking for your support there, but right now we get a chance to Call in and give us your opinion about what is happening, especially when it comes to the education system and educational prospects, even beyond college, uh, how people will be able to use their education as in ways uh, to compete in the workforce. 813-239-9663 is the number to call if you want to join this conversation. This is a September day, and I always look forward to September uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire has always had me fired up about September. We got to take a listen to that as we uh, get ready to make get back to the music and make room for the Post Martin Hoot Nanny coming up next. But right now, this is the Sunday Forum. Keep it tuned here to WMF Tampa. September back to school month and uh, we've been talking about educational issues also affirmative action medical education um, there's a chart that I'm looking at talking of that has been provided by the Associated Press and it shows percentage of practicing US physicians by race or ethnicity in comparison to the overall population's racial and ethnic breakdown this uh, is a chart that came to us from uh, the Association of American Medical Colleges and Citizen Bureau began the conversation today talking about education, talking about FAMU and the, the support for educational initiatives and for LGBT, uh, for historically black colleges and universities to continue to provide education opportunities, especially when it comes to uh, the medical field. Uh, the College of Pharmacy, uh, these are, when it comes to black and Hispanic doctors in the United States, that there has uh, there's a long way to go. It's just no other way to put it. Uh, 63% white, and the percentage of the white population is 58.9%. Uh, so the percent of doctors is 63.9% of white doctors, but percent of the population is 58%. When it comes to black, 5.7% black doctors in the United States and we're 13 and a half percent of the population. So there's a long way to go on that. We need definitely, we need a presence in the hospital, in the doctor's offices, in uh, the medical arenas of this country and of this world, really. Uh, there's a large distrust in that arena and this is an important part of educational opportunities in this country and we think that I personally think that we're in danger when you can't feel comfortable in the medical establishment long after all this time long after Tuskegee experiment you know we faced the pandemic in the last three years and and a lot of people of color found themselves very distrustful and it's because of this history and because of our, our not being present in that field in those in the arena 
of the hospital and of the doctor's office where people can see us and begin to trust and maybe in the long run save more lives in that process education is so pivotal and you know this is the reason why we continue to talk about it and i just hate the fact that the racist right has uh targeted the uh education have school boards and beginning to return us backwards to a time when it was politically correct to miseducate us 813-239-9663. Go ahead, call her. You're on the Sunday Forum. Hello. Hello. Um, hi. I'm, my name is Vivian. I'm calling from Waimama. Hey, Vivian. Hi. I wanted to call attention to um, the importance of local elections yes. and the fallout that we end up with when um, we are not paying attention to who we put into local offices, in this case, the Hillsborough County Board of County Commissioners. Um, I'd like to talk about the Waimama Community Benefit Program that is under attack by the current commission. Oh, yes, please do. The, uh, as as I'm sure you know, Waimama is a community of primarily minorities, um, um, under, Mm -hmm. underprivileged often, um, and also a agricultural community and the public and the community worked very long and hard to pass community benefits that are required to be implemented by developers before they are granted a tenfold density increase for their urban sprawl developments. Hmm. Those community benefits are intended to serve the entire community to make Waimama a better place for existing residents as well as new residents. And um, they are now under attack. There are commissioners that are calling it um, against property rights and are basically trying to overturn something that the community and the citizens and Hillsborough County planning staff worked for years to develop. And they basically want to toss them out. And those of us here in Waimama are very concerned because yeah. the result will be uh, high-end elite commuter development and urban sprawl that will ruin the character of our community, um, create more traffic, more congestion, and not make Waimama a better place for any of our existing residents. Um, there's a big need for everyone in the community, and actually countywide, to pay attention and get involved. Because what this says is that they're taking um, right from DeSantis's playbook and saying, we don't really care what the public says. Right. We don't care what happens to the citizens or the community. We don't care that you guys and why mama are already <clears throat> beat down. And we're going to do what the developers want us to do. Um, it's, it's frightening because it's happening all over the state. And now we're seeing it mm-hmm. right here in Little Waimama. Yeah, it's, it's almost as if talking about that playbooks is like it's in their interest not to be rational, not to be logical, and not listen to the community. And just that's right. And I think that that the the antics of DeSantis are basically giving these guys like permission. Um, mm-hmm. if 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 he can do it, they can do it. Right. And they're you know they're. They're pushing their weight around. They're bullying local volunteers. I serve on the local task force for the Waimama Community Plan, and they bully task force members. Um, and they it, they just try to change things if it doesn't happen to be the way they think it should be, without any regard, like I said, for all of the tax dollars, staff time, and citizen input that has gone into well, many things that they are trying to do away with, actually. But I think the Waimama Community Plan is an extremely important example of what's happening. And that community plan is, is you're afraid, is going to lead to sprawl. And not everybody's going to be priced in. A lot of people are going to be priced out. That is correct. That is correct. And that's, that's another problem is making sure that we have not only community benefits, but affordable housing in these, right. these developments. And again... 
it comes with a 10 times the amount of density that is currently allowed in these areas outside of Waimama. Hmm. And all we're doing is trying to ensure that that tenfold density increase comes with something that will benefit the entire community instead of just ending up with gated subdivisions that will um, make our town suffer. Right. And forced a lot of people out, too, like I said. And, uh, you know, we and they don't plan for the bus lines to increase, to expand so that the working class can get around this, this new uh, development. That, that's right. And I'm, I'm an employer in Waimama, and uh, I think it will only lead to corporate change instead of local businesses being encouraged to um, relocate to this area. It's going to make it harder to find and retain um, employees mm-hmm. because people aren't going to want to sit in traffic. Um, mm-hmm. there's, there are traffic jams right through the middle of downtown Waimama on a daily basis now, and that's before all of this sprawl has even taken place. Wow. Well, you got to have to keep us informed on changes in Waimama as they happen. Um, I, I, I'd be happy to, and, and we're, actively, we're actively seeking more involvement and more participation in the Waimama Community Plan but what I really want listeners to know is how important it is to do your homework and vote and pay attention to the local um, elections because this board that we have now, there are new board members that were elected in 2022 and ousted some really good um, progressive pro-people, pro-environment, anti-sprawl commissioners, and we have newbies in that, again, they're, they're playing off the DeSantis yeah. Um, playbook. And we, it, it, it will be the downfall of many of these urban, I'm sorry, suburban and rural communities. Um, and we're going to end, my big fear is that Waimama will just be another Brandon. Hey. Certainly, another big, certainly another big bend road before too long. Hmm. They definitely distri- uh, turned into a, a, a Republican district. <laughs> hey. Ab- absolutely. And, um, you know, we're hoping to change that. We're hoping to get Mariella Smith back on the commission in uh, 2024. She is a true fighter and representative of the people. Um, sadly, she was ousted by someone with an R next to their name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've targeted. It seems like they're targeting these communities because they want as much influence in this state as possible. Right. And these same people are the ones that are um, attacking our libraries. Mm-hmm. Um, attacking our, our schools and um, refusing to pass more stringent environmental protections for wildlife and um, what is left of our rural and natural lands in Hillsborough County. So what I'm finding out, what I'm, what I'm sensing is these are, all of this effort, these people represent a small sliver of society, you know, but they have an outsized influence. That is true, and the people of Waimama don't really have um, the ability to drive downtown on a Tuesday morning at 9 o'clock and show up to voice their concerns. And they Um, know that. (laughs) They know this. I I, I think they do. And and although I will say, to credit Waimama citizens, they were extremely engaged in the community planning process, which is why that's another reason why this is so egregious. Um, that they're basically pulling out from under the citizens of Waimama what we fought so hard and worked so long uh, to develop. Right, that's it's a slap the, in the face. It's a slap in the face to all public involvement and community input. That's right. That's right. Countywide, is, statewide. Well, I'm so glad you called because, you know, hopefully some solidarity will grow out of this because, you know, that's exactly what happens is they think that you're so powerless or are so tired that you're not going to fight. And if that's, people stand together, you will fight. Well, if, if, for listeners that are interested in learning more, um, please contact the Waimama CDC, Community Development Corporation. Uh, they are a nonprofit that is heading up the implementation of the um, community benefits. And they, um, they are working to increase participation and local involvement so that we can... Uh, we, we can 
try to make our voices continue to be heard. Yeah. But keep calling us. You can always call us on Sunday morning. And you can also listen to me at noon on Mondays. I'm glad to take your call anytime about this. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you. And I love the forum. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm almost out of time. We're going to see if we can take one more call. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum. Say what? Real quick. Okay, uh, okay I'll be real fast. I was going to say that um, um, I'm from Illinois, and um, when I came down here 10 years ago, oh, my God, what is, uh, what is I thought the Civil War was not fun yet. So <laughs> much trouble stuff. Um, you know when we start, um, when the Santas was talking about the uh, not the uh, educational system and not showing the um, uh, slavery, what gets me is why did the educational department allow that to happen? They should never allow that. But uh, anyway, it's just a short and thank you. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk more about it. Why did they allow it? Because they caved to this Republican governor who's real uh, interested in walking around making threats at 